0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jersey Joe Corner. It is brought to you by Big Heads Media. It is going to be a great hockey season uh, coming right up. A lot of interesting things. Uh, anchor.fm will help you uh, start your podcast and get things rolling. It's going to be a lot smoother when you uh, when you get the Anchor app and it's so much easier to navigate. Even their online website at anchor.fm is very efficient and you can do a lot of great things with it. And I I stand by it myself. And I must say it's time to say Let's Go, Devils. Woo! Hockey is back, baby! The 2019 2020 NHL season is B-A-C-K in New Jersey! Ever since 1982, this team has won three Stanley Cups, and this time it's going to be the New Jersey Devils pushing back for a playoff season. Also, happy belated birthday to the best national anthem singer and singer in all of New Jersey, Arlette you have a wonderful September and October, and a wonderful NHL season, and let's go Devils. With the first pick overall, the New Jersey Devils are brought to select from the U.S. program, Jack Hughes. Let's go, Hello Devils fans, welcome to the Jersey Joe Corner. We are the Double J's. And here's your co-host.
1: Hey, what's up everybody? This is Jersey Jim as I'm known here on the Jersey Joe Corner. Welcome to another episode of the Jersey Joe Corner podcast. I hope you're out there listening. You know, a lot of exciting news as we wind down training camp. Lots of exciting news going around the NHL as well, so we'll try to bring you up to speed on everything since the last time Joe and I had had a pleasure to speak to you.
0: And so with so much have gone on in the past five days, um, in the past like 48 hours, 72 hours, uh, depending on when you first hear this podcast, uh, Taylor Hall and uh, his agent began talking with Ray Shiro over the weekend as per TSN's uh, Darren Drager, Hockey Insider, very reliable source um he is certainly someone that um you and I know day in day out um throughout the hockey universe that anytime one of those big insiders get some traction speaking of which sounds like we might get a deal done
1: yeah I mean look there's you know there's still a long way to go when it comes to that but you know things are moving in the right direction everybody's happy apparently from what Darren Drager said and Taylor Hall and Darren Ferris. Now Taylor Hall has said over the last couple of days, hey guys, look I wasn't in the meeting numbers weren't even discussed you know, but they're moving in the right direction. Drager again said things could happen sooner rather than later. Again we're not in there. Only the two people that know are Ferris and Shiro and like Hall said It's secondhand information if he had said anything. So I expect something that come down the pipeline in the next maybe month or two. It could be sooner. Maybe it waits. You know, a lot of speculation on what he wants to do because he is the biggest free agent this year. And a lot of Devils fans out there are worried that we're going to have another Zach Parise, Ilya Kovalchuk situation on our hands um, in regards to Taylor Hall. And so before we get
0: rambling on, uh, I want to kind of explain the situation if and when uh, Taylor Hall does resign long-term. So um, recently I put out the uh, article from Pucks and Pitchforks that uh, I recently contributed. Um, if Taylor Hall does sign, let's say $11 million, $11.25 million for eight years, <clears throat> the Devils will have – about $35 million, $37 million uh, before uh, the cap goes up next year from that $47 million mark. And how did I get that figure well, it was cap-friendly. And this is all the money that comes off the, uh, the books with guys who are RFAs and UFAs. So it depends on uh, how you reallocate it. Plus – you'll have enough money to re-sign Nico Heesher to a contract, and you'll have Brad you'll be able to control. So when you get Hall done, it's, it, it's a breath of fresh air from there.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, he's the biggest piece to this whole New Jersey Devils organization right now. I mean, as everybody's seen through the weeks of training camp and through the multiple uh, preseason games, this Devils team looks really good under John Hines, and they're playing really well, and granted, it's the preseason, so you don't want to take records for, you know, you can put, take records for what they're worth. They don't mean anything, but the way the team's been playing, they're playing that fast-paced style, uh, they're bringing the speed every night, and you know, that's something Hall was looking for. You know, as, as many people remember, going back to the end of the season, he talked about how you know, he felt the team wasn't that good they needed improvements okay so they go out and get pk suban get nikita gusev you get john hayden uh you, you draft jack hughes and you know you can see that he's building chemistry with hughes and he sheer and it's good that he's doing that and they're working well together in training camp and you know little by little his mind is being persuaded okay you know the devils are doing everything right now to win now And that's the kind of mode that they need to be in. Not to mention, you have a guy like Jesper Boquist who is showing that he can play in the National Hockey League too. So having depth, just all these pieces is allowing Hall to like, okay, you know what, maybe I need to reconsider what I originally thought. Maybe New Jersey isn't such a bad place to play. Shiro's doing everything that I've asked him to do, so to speak, because, you know, he comes out through the media. And as I've written for last word on hockey about how did the devils do enough to keep him? look at the moves they've made to keep him. it's you know he's one of those players that you want to have on your team and he drives and he brings everything with the the rest of the players on the team
0: so basically you 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 nailed the
1: the nail on the head very
0: well in that situation and also um From The Art of War, I quoted Sun Tzu, and he said one time that to know yourself and to know your enemy is basically the way you can know your team better and know your rival better. Basically, if this team knows itself within the roster and the roster understands themselves as individuals and as line mates uh, and goaltenders can understand themselves and their teammates' abilities – As long as they're able to comprehend a lot versus their division opponents and their non-division opponents, they can easily get at least two out of three games or maybe three out of four games of those teams uh, when they score off. Do you believe in that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, this team knows itself better than I do, than you do, than the fans do. They know what they have inside that locker room. And it, you know the shirts that you see the players wear during training camp says earn to be. They're still wearing the New Jersey Devils versus everybody T-shirts. Hines built a culture in there. That they gotta you know protect one another. They have to know how each other is on the ice, and they gotta just feel it out. You want guys that you can go to war with, or go to you know go to a hard game with. You want to play strong with. You need to have that, and you need to have that brotherhood and mentality. Stick up for one another because if you don't have that, if one piece of the cord or the – the you don't want to have that weak link in the chain, if one of those guys aren't buying in, then maybe it starts to spread, and you can't have that. They're trying to build a willing culture back in New Jersey, and, and you need to have everybody buying in, and everybody is buying in, and that's why you see the training camp this year being so competitive among the young players, among the veterans. I mean, you see – you know, I see guys, hey, maybe this guy could get cut. Or maybe that guy can get cut. I mean, veteran players that have been on this team for a while, and they they may lose roster spots to the, the young players that want it more. I mean, it's not to say that everybody doesn't want it, but maybe the young players are buying in the system more than older players. You just don't know.
0: It it brings a great point. Like um, I'm going to quote again, uh, "The Art of War." Um, it says the opportunity to secure ourselves against defeat lies in our own hands but the opportunity of defeating the enemy is provided by the enemy himself. Um, do you see that in some of these preseason games, whether it be the Devils-Bruins, Devils-Rangers? Uh, did you did you see that philosophy put to use by John Hines? Absolutely,
1: I did. I mean, look, you know, the Devils, you know, they may have, you know, beat the Rangers both games and, you know, look good doing it, but there were times where they, you know, they had to leave for most of the games, but they had to find a will and a way to get over it. And, you know, against the Bruins, they did that. You know, up in Montreal, even though they lost, they showed the ability to come back against the Canadians. And, again, the Islander game, that was a back-and-forth game, if people remember. I mean, up and down the ice, and the Devils found a way to win. And, you know, again, it's preseason, but if you're going to – Win those tight games in the preseason. That's a good sign for things to come in the regular season. Because last year the Devils were snake bitten a lot in those those close games. They couldn't find that spark to get over the finish line to finish off those games or find a way to win those games. They always fell maybe in a shootout or late in the third period. You that's that's a different Devils team this year. You can tell already in the preseason.
0: I, I was gonna say like I was talking to my boss at work and I said how about them Devils right now in the, pre- in the preseason? He's a Devils uh, guy, too. And he goes, yeah, but it's only preseason. I said, but at the same time, you know, these guys are fighting for jobs, but at the same time, we're starting to see guys start to prove themselves to not only gain those jobs, but also uh, be on that pecking order to get called up. And he goes, you are right, though. I mean, these are job prospects that are getting ready to get the uh, the, the call up. And do you agree with that
1: statement? absolutely i mean look you know i did uh, again for the uh, drop last word on hockey uh where you can also find a podcast once we're finished um i wrote an article i just re- just finished up another one on on jesper bat uh and jesper boquist just did those two guys but i also looked at one at michael mcleod and you know he's one of those interesting cases there as you know center guy you know he you know his first um, and training camp wasn't the greatest, and the following year he gets hurt, and you know he's not showing signs of progressing. Well, he took what the coaching staff said to him to heart, and he looked at the video, and he looked at how he could use his speed and how he could be bigger, and it's translating into the preseason really well. I mean, he's he's got logged a lot of games so far, and <clears throat> showcasing him for a trade. I don't know, but you know now that the Pavolzaka. Uh, Visa situation is over, you know, McLeod may stay with this team because Zaka has to go to the A for a conditioning state. I mean, he just got back today. He's not playing tonight. There's only one other preseason game left before the season starts next week. So a guy like McLeod maybe has earned himself a spot to start on Mm -hmm. the opening night roster. Yeah, and
0: I know Beer Baron of the uh, Let's Go Devils podcast is a big Mikey McLeod fan, and I believe uh, one time I was uh, tuning into their podcast live, and I said, "Hey, Beer Baron, how about uh, Mikey McLeod scoring a few points?" And he goes, and he calls me out, and he goes, "Yes, I am very happy about that, Jersey Joe." And I said, "You know what? It's a good problem to have." And you know what? I I've been listening to other people, you know, during the season last season about. Uh, Mike and McLeod not, you know, being tough around the puck in the dirty areas enough and not shooting enough. And it started to pay off dividends now that he's working with someone, you know, maybe it be Kowalski or someone else uh, on the bench. Maybe Aliash is giving him tips. Um, on this next statement, um, warfare is based on deception. Hence, when able to attack, we must seem unable When using our forces, we must seem inactive. When we are near, we must make the enemy believe we are far away. When far away, we must make him believe we are near. Hold out baits to entice the enemy. Feign disorder and crush him, Sun Tzu. Do you you believe that that philosophy was used enough in the Devils versus uh, Ranger game in overtime?
1: Yes, I believe it was. I mean they used it did they use it to their full capacity? No I mean again, you know this is we're talking hockey, but I like to compare it to other sports and and one thing one of my past is college football I like the college football and I watch it. And you look at these, <laughs> some, you look at you look at some of these big school teams like an Alabama or Clemson. Just to say, you know, the, the two teams have been a national championship, for it feels like for the last, like, five years. But anyway, those teams, you know, everybody complains about how them running up the score and running up the score and running up the score. Well, guess what? They're showing the rest of the world, hey, you come play us, we show no mercy. And The Devils, they showed to the Rangers that, hey, we're not going to back down. We're going to fight to the end. You You may push us around a little bit. We're going to push right back. And we're just going to keep going and going because we're going to earn the brotherhood out there. We're going to earn that beat. We protect each other out here and we're coming for you. And they got to have that mindset every game to look, to put the hockey world on notice. Every game that this team is a force to be reckoned with and they're going to be hard to play against. And that's the Devils team that they need to get back to every season. You just can't be a surprise one season anymore. You got to come out every year and show the world, hey, we're here to stay. So I have a
0: bunch of ideas from the past couple of preseason games I was looking at. One of them being which uh the Devils made Capokako at the garden look like he was negated, even though he scored one point, but they kept him away from the crease a lot and they were able to hold him to just one goal, which I think is pretty good for a, a big, you know, Yarmara Yager size Finn. Um do you think they did enough in containing Capo Caco? and do you think uh, this uh, powerful power forward is going to try and become like a, a Rick Nash of young?
1: I mean, look, you know, again, it's the one preseason game, but I like the way David, Damon Severson was on him, uh, constantly just being the shadow. Uh, you know, he was he was keeping him to the outside. He he knocked him down off the puck. Steverson was strong, but that, again, Stevenson is a veteran. He's been in the league for a while now. this is his first year. I understand he played against men, but it's different here Smaller ice. National, smaller ice. There's not a lot of room to work. You know, behind the net's a little smaller. These, you know, you get up against a veteran mm-hmm. NHL defenseman. They're going to know how to push you around. They're going to make sure they know. They're going to make it hard for you to get to the goal you have to develop other ways to score goals. And the Devils did that really well against the Rangers in that first preseason game. I liked what I saw from Severson. Um, The Devils' defense contained him. Now, we'll see what adjustments both teams make in the first regular season game this year because that's when we're going to really see Jack Hughes and Kako Kako because neither one of them squared off against each other uh, in the preseason. And you talk about these
0: uh, head-to-head matchups. That for our our generation and the generation behind us uh, as Devils fans and whatnot, or just a casual NHL fan or hockey fan in general who's just beginning to watch Devils hockey or something like that, they hear Jack Hughes, they hear Capo Caco. This is going to be like uh, their version of Crosby versus Alex Ovechkin. Uh, do you think there's a little bit of context to that? Um, from other
1: external media, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Hudson River rivalry that was there in the mid 90s, early 2000s between the Devils and the Rangers, where you had you know the Devils, of, you know, in New Jersey, you know, they were always in the shadows of the Rangers in Manhattan. You had guys like Scott Stevens, Niedermeyer, Lemieux going up against Messier, Graves. Rick there, just to name a few, Leach on the other side. The hatred there, even in the regular season, those games were fun to watch. And the comparison between Crosby and Ovechkin to Kako and Hughes, it's, it's great for the sport. That's, the young guys are going to market the sport. And the NHL was all over Crosby and Ovechkin, and they have another one on their hands with Hughes and Kako.
0: And do you think with the way the devils are doing their marketing, you know, being the way it is with, uh, I know we're segueing over into, uh, Hugh Weber's successor in, uh, Jake Reynolds. Um, he was just talking about, um, fan engagement and further improving that, um, through social media and in other places on, on their website and stuff like that. Um, have you been able to get
1: a hold of uh, Mr. Reynolds? I actually have not been able to get a hold of Mr. Reynolds. Uh, it's just been crazy down at the rinks lately. Uh, I put a call into him and an email into him to, to get an interview or, and talk to him to see what other ideas he has in store uh, for the New Jersey Devils. But they are taking steps in the right direction. As our listeners know from the last time uh, you and I were on, talking to each other we discussed the devil's gold song vote uh and segwaying to something else but they they uh they had that so it's down to two it's between two of our songs that we talked about last time hip-hop parade and how and how so i mean both i don't have a problem with both excellent choices but to have the fans interact on their website on you know, social media, Twitter, Facebook, and vote for a goal song is comes a long way from a team just picking whatever they want and this is what we're playing and if you don't like it, too bad.
0: Like I always say, is like, you know, we don't need to ever get political about a goal song, but remember, I was just talking with a coworker of mine. He's a big Devils fan. His name is Frank Le Cicero, and he goes, we Devils fans got to get it right uh, because we're going to at least hear that song five times <laughs> a game do you think you know with this potent (laughs) offense that we have and a very potent offensive defense that you know we could have you know a a nashville like atmosphere but with a twist of new jersey to you know do you see this team exploding with offense meanwhile maintaining our principle of defense and goaltending
1: yes i mean i can definitely see it i mean i've seen it already in the preseason i mean they put up four goals in three of five games, or four of five games now. Um, you know, they're playing with speed, skill, uh, but they still have a strong defense. And it's encouraging to see the goaltending play- doing as well as it is. Blackwood and Schneider, especially Schneider, for a guy who came off hip surgery. And again, fans listening, hip surgery takes time to recover from. And if a goalie is rushed back from it, he's not going to play that well. And he's getting confidence back. And he's playing well. The one thing he needs to stop doing is playing the puck. But, again, that's a different uh, story for a different time. But they are playing well. I like what they're bringing, speed the skill. The goals are coming. They're power play. They're moving the puck. Guys are getting open. They're trusting each other out there. And that's what you need. And I could see the Devils put up five goals a night easily. But again, you don't want to get into those races all the time. You gotta understand that hey, every night we're not gonna be scoring five goals. We're gonna to have to learn how to win games two one. Maybe three
0: three to two or three to one. Yes. Three to zero, two two nothing. Exactly. No lead is safe in the NHL unless you unless you have a really good shutdown offense or Really good shutdown goaltender day in, day out.
1: Yeah, but even with that, you could see games turn on the dime. I I've been watching games. It's three nothing. Oh yeah, we think the game's over. Boom. Second period, game's tied all of a sudden. Why? Did somebody go to sleep? Somebody missed an assignment. Maybe the other team decided, hey, you know, we gotta make an adjustment here and there. No lead is safe. Game's not over till final buzzer sounds. And you got to play full sixty minutes of hockey if you want to win a hockey game. And
0: and this is one of the reasons why you know you can never you know like as as a skater or anyone who plays on ice, no matter what level of hockey, uh, you can never be complacent, and you got to be aware because when you aren't you know, outsmarting your enemy, or you're not outwitting them, it's eventually going to come back to bite you, and your <laughs> and eventually if you don't follow the principles of the art of war, you're going to lose
1: the war. Oh, absolutely. And with the Devils, you know, they have to stick to their system. They can't keep, you know, all right, I'm going to relax here for a couple of minutes. (laughs) Oh, I can relax at this point of the season. No, you got to go hard. 60 minutes each game, got to play hard. It may take 65. It may take a shootout. But you gotta play hard every game because every team is out there trying to win. Because two points are valuable in the standings, and you want to be one of those teams that makes the playoffs. Come April, you want to be playing into that second season. You want to play deep into the playoffs. And you know, they always say you don't you don't make the playoffs in October, but you sure can put yourself behind April. And they gotta get off to a good start.
0: And I was doing the math, like I told you about a few episodes ago, that they need to win about 1.12 to 1.16 uh, points per game for for an 82-game uh, span to be able to get uh, that many points to clinch a playoff berth. We all know it's going to be, you know, almost up for grabs besides uh, the hockey news was talking about the Capitals being the surefire uh you know, metropolitan team to win. Um, Although it sounded like they were questioning both the devils and the Rangers. um, I do see the devils hunting in for that top four spot in the Metro, because I still think, you know, the Islanders and the blue jackets are going to be towards the bottom part because they don't have enough, enough depth and goal and um, offense. Do you see that as a possibility? If,
1: that were the case? Yeah, I think the Devils um, are going to be fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, They have the ability to finish top three. They really do. This team, the way it's constructed, the way they've been playing, they have the ability to uh, finish top three. Again, it comes down to goaltending. It really does. And, And that's an emphasis there. The divisional points is where they struggled last year and they're going to have to win more divisional games to make the playoffs. And they got to play better against Columbus, Carolina. You know, the Rangers, Islanders, Devils rivalry, you know, those games are always tough. I see the Islanders taking a step back. You know, I do I trust Burn Lamoff? Uh, you know, four years for a guy that's always injury prone. That's, you know, how are they constructed down the middle? The Rangers, you know, they they added some nice pieces but they still have question marks at their second-line center position. Uh, you know, Columbus, you know, Bobrovsky, no Dushin, no Dzingel. no Panarin. They lost a lot. Now Dubinsky's out with a wrist injury to start the season. So that even puts them behind the eight from what is, um From what it sounds like, they could got, be between 46 points to below 72 points. Right, exactly. Now, again, you know, everybody last year, and I was one of them, said, Hey, you know, no Tavares, the Islanders, they're not going to make the playoffs, but they hung around all year and made the playoffs and went into the second round. Do I, I see Columbus as one of those teams that can hang around, not necessarily make the playoffs, or they're going to be tough to play against because you just look at the talent on the rest that's on that team and anything that starts with Zach Wrensky and Seth Jones on your back end. You know that's and their that's coach John to Tortorella
0: have. is is one who can really fire up a team and try and get a bunch of average Joes, no pun intended, to be very useful fighters.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I would be reminisced not to mention Cam Atkinson, uh, who's on there. He's you know a potential thirty or forty goal scorer, and but then again, look at over what Carolina is doing. You know. They're they're loading up on defense, and Rob Brendemore still there. You know Joel Edmond. They just traded Justin. They're Paul getting younger to St. Louis. They get Joel Edmondson. Yeah, they get younger, and now their defense is loaded. And you know Edmondson, you know, proved that he can take, handle minutes in the playoffs. So you know, it, now again, their goaltending is, you know, is it as good as it was last year? Because Merazik and McElhaney were really good for them. We'll find out now. No Justin Williams, and from what, from who I've talked to, that has really hurt the locker room because he was one of those guys that kept things together. Uh, down Because Carolina. it
0: seems like on paper that Carolina has a really good bottom six because they have Brian Gibbons, who's one of those really good uh, penalty kill guys, shorthanded goal guys. Then you have to think about that Ryan Zingle's. Uh, not, not a bad player for a bottom 6 guy, but still, I mean, him being out of the shadows of Ottawa certainly helps him in the relaxed market like Carolina to uh, eventually get his game going.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, he, you know, it was tough for him when he went over to Columbus. Uh, there's no bones about it. It took him a while to get going, took Duchesne a while to get going. Uh, he was really uh, useful with the Senators. And uh, Carolina found a nice piece in him. Uh, they still got Sebastian Aho up front, Te- Teo Um, But again, you know, not having a guy like Justin Williams in the lineup, a veteran, they know how you know who's won cups, who keeps things together. It's going to be tough for them. I mean, they still have Rob Brendamore as their coach, so he's going to hold them accountable every night. But He's one of those, you know, Williams is just one of those guys that can, you know, the young players can lean on who has experience. And, it's gonna and be when nice. we
0: talk about these uh, veterans, back to our devils, um, it's great to have Taylor Hall uh, have Jack Hughes' locker next to him. Um, the same way he basically uh, took care of Nico in his first two seasons. Um, do you see Taylor Hall being a really good mentor and wanting to be here long term? Uh, being Jack Hughes's, uh, uh, his leader and his inspiration, you know, as, as a teammate and a person in life uh, in the NHL.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a step in the right direction for Hughes and Hall, especially Hall, because it shows leadership quali- qualities. And, you know, if he is going to stay for eight years, seven, eight years, Just say he stays the max, signs the max. You're looking at the next captain of the New Jersey Devils right there. I mean, that's a great leadership quality to bring a young kid, put him under your wing, teach him what to expect in a national hockey league. Um, You know, he's having fun. They they seem to be clicking. Uh, It was great to see them play together in a preseason game. It was, you know, it was unbelievable to watch. And uh, that's something you're going to see in the season, you know, Definitely when things aren't working with he here and Hall and Paul Marion are not clicking. So, Hughes could get thrown up there. But, you know, Hall's leadership qualities, you know, you just, you'd be like, all right, hey kid, you know, you just learn from me. You don't, everything's going to come at you fast, but learn to slow things down a little bit. Don't rush. He's going to teach him what he went through. It's, you know, it's just a great bond to have. Like, again, going back to brotherhood, it's something a brother would do. A big brother, you know, you take, take a young kid under your wing, you show him the ropes. He understands what's going on. So it's a great move by Hall, and I, and I personally I th- like I think
0: Hall. I think that's a subtle way of Hall saying that he wants to be here long-term regardless of the term. I think when Elliot Friedman said that it, they'd be underselling, I think it's going to be a, a good, reasonable price tag per season that would be both uh, kind of like a discount, but maybe not – But Still, it sounds like, you know, Hall wants to be here and it sounds like ownership uh, approves of it and it sounds like Ray Shiro approves of it. Um, I do want to bring up um, the fact that the Devils really like John Hayden. Can you reiterate on Hayden more from his preseason?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, Hayden's one of those guys they brought in in the uh, offseason. Uh, he was traded for uh, Joel Quinville. Uh, to chicago it's a great pickup uh he's a depth forward uh really like what he's bringing on that fourth line third fourth line player uh you know obviously they classified him as a center but he can play the wing as well which really helps the devils out because he's had chemistry with the blake coleman on one side or down the middle and then they had miles wood on the wing that could be a formidable uh skill and grind line that you see you know, St. Louis had one. Boston has one. Those big teams that win the Cups, you win with depth forwards. And John Hayden, you know, he's a big dude. The Devils saw something in him to, to want him to come here and the trade for Joel Quenville. So he's, there's no surprise that he's sticking around. Um, he's probably going to be on the opening night roster because him and Rooney, Kevin Rooney, need to uh, clear waivers in order to go down to Binghamton, so I don't know if those are two guys the Devils would want to lose in terms of you know depth up front, especially two guys that can grind, guys that can kill penalties, and just play hard. And so
0: recently, um, on an even more interesting note, I did a poll on uh, Facebook about Taylor Hall, it, and it seemed that you know if you average the numbers, uh, it seemed that. Uh, Taylor Hall would fetch no more than 100 points, but they would, he would get more than 90 points. Um, it seemed like a lot of fans are thinking he's going to get about 95 points total
1: this season. Um, what do you think about that poll? I mean, it's a good poll. You always want to you know, gauge the audience. Again, get the Devils fans interactive into what they think, how they see a player, because each fan has a different perspective on what they see the player can do. You know, what did what did Hall have? What did he have, 97 points in his – um,
0: In his Hart Trophy his heart winning. Trophy year.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, between 90 and 100 points is not out of the question. I mean, he what, – what did he have, 37 points last year before he got hurt? He was on pace for another 90-point season if he didn't get hurt. So, and, you know, he – you know, it's a perfect number for him. And if the, the most fans agree that they, they can see that. And I saw another poll that you put out yeah. on Facebook and Twitter in regards to Jack Hughes, I uh, started to jump around over the Hughes points production for a second, but I did see that. And it seemed most people were with you and I in this, that he was going to be around the 50 to 60 point range. Yeah, it, it, is, it
0: is more doable because if you think about it, uh, it was around that region that uh, that Nico Heischer had in his first two seasons. I mean, you take that sample of Nico Heischer as a center and you compare Hughes as a center, I believe he can hit that. And if I'm correct, um, Nick Volano of Pucks and Pitchforks uh, put out in his article that um, the, the Devils' rookie record was about uh, 70 points. Do you think Jack Hughes can eclipse that with a big year from Nikita Gusev?
1: Look, it's not out of the realm of possibility to have that. And it would be great for the fan base to have the Devils' uh, young first-round draft pick, Jack Hughes, set the Devils' rookie record with over 70 points. I mean, playing with a line with um, with Gusev and Simmons, he has the opportunity to do that, especially with Gusev. And that seems to be a constant throughout training camp when they do the line combinations, that Gusev is paired with Hughes and Simmons, and that's just the perfect line to have. I could see it. I mean, Gusev is an assist machine, and he's already scored some beauty goals in the preseason, and that was just a great, phenomenal pickup by Ray Shiro. You, uh, when when he acquired him. It,
0: it seems like any time you talk to Marty Berder, he always has a good intel. I mean, he did scout the KHL, and he did mention in, uh, in another article that he actually was very surprised that the Devils were able to get Gusev. Um, have you watched enough video of Gusev, and have you talked to Marty lately?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, like I told you, um, with Sergey Rillin, he was also surprised that the Devils were able to pull this one off. He's been really impressed. I actually saw Marty the other day. We really didn't have much to, uh, quick conversation, just hi and how's everything doing? Just a quick catch up. And I asked him recently about what he thought about the Devils, and he said, um, you know, he wish he, he compares them to that old one team that had that skill up front um, with Eliash Arnott." and Sikora, then you had the second line, McGilney and uh, Gomez. And I said, oh, wow, I didn't really think about it like that. But you could definitely see the comparisons with the top two lines, and the Devils definitely have that that, that depth up front, like the old one team had. Now the defense, you know, they're not there, but they can be like that if the core group stays together. And I was just listening about how Patrick
0: Elias has a job as uh, one of the Devils coaches. Um, do you think he will propel Pavel Zaka uh, in his um, in his big RFA year that he just signed this contract? Um, do you think he will perform better now that he has a fellow Czech uh, on this team?
1: Eliash's final game is the devil. They played together. He idolized Eliash. And with Pat, Patrick- there with the Devils uh, as a coach. He can work with them. He can understand and help Zaka with his game. And having an idol there is really good. Having a guy who could speak a different language uh, is good. Uh, they're both Czechs. So he understands with like when Socorro was there that there's something to bond over that language. And he's a really, you know, he understands what it takes to win with the Devils and how to improve each season. And he's going to help Zaka along. And it it seems like, you know, when
0: you have a guy like Patrick Elias around, he can understand the mentality of a young kid who's trying to do his best to be not only a center, but a winger. Um, Do you see other improvements in other other Devils players? Like, for instance, uh, Tennyson, this young defenseman. uh, What do you think of his chances of, uh, trying to become the next Devils defenseman?
1: You know, he has a really good shot to make the Devils this year. Um, when I saw him that uh, he had made – he had passed the first round of cuts, I said, oh, okay. So I started read, watching some more film, and I looked at it and I said, oh, okay. This, he's played. You know, he's done his due diligence down in the HL. He's played there. He's really good positionally. He's smart with the puck. And, you know – With the way, you know, I wouldn't say Ty Smith hasn't progressed, you know, enough to make the team. I say that maybe the fact that Hines has been on Smith a little bit more with his comments and maybe the fact that they don't feel like they need to rush him up, a guy like Tennyson can sneak in and play with the team this year and be one of those call-ups, say – for instance, he doesn't make the final cut. He's one of those guys that we're going to call up right away if there's an injury. And,
0: and, we, and we talk about kids, you know, trying to make the cut and whatnot. Um, it sounds more like,
1: you know, if, if
0: there's too, if there's a plethora of too many forwards and, and whatnot, it sounds like, you know, we talked about Blake Coleman or Miles Wood being traded for. Um, looks like Ray Shearer might be getting another left winger. What is your intel on, on that situation?
1: Well, I mean, uh, from what I've talked to, from whom I've talked to, uh, you know, the Devils would like to unload the Miles Wood contract. The only reason they signed in the four years, the $4 million to the cap hit, was because they needed to get to that floor. Um, in all honesty, if they could have signed him to less, they would have. Um, so they're probably looking to get out of that contract. As far as you know, Calgary's interest in Coleman, there is interest there. If you're bringing in a guy like Brody, for instance, you know, it's some big money there. That again, if you're going to try to re sign Taylor Hall, you're going to need all the dollars you can, especially this season, even though it's going to go into effect next year, unless they bring in Brody to move for another piece. But again, he has a modified no trade clause. So, that's going to be kind of hard to do um, if they bring him in. If they do bring Brody in, for instance, then that solidifies the left side of the defense, which is really an area of weakness. But what I've seen from and playing with Subban, I really like it. You know, Green's been up there a little bit. Um, it's not ideal uh, to have him there with Subban. More a guy like Votnin is good there. But if you have Brody in there, maybe you have a, uh, a Butcher – that would be better. Um, I, You know, so many serviceable wings out there. You know, again, you can you can have a guy – you can teach a guy to penalty kill like Blake Coleman. You know, look, they got rid of Brian Gibbons. But, you know, they, they kept him around for a reason. Miles Wood is here. Uh, but, you know, don't be surprised if those are two names that get moved in a trade.
0: Yeah, like I was talking with you about the tougher call to, to trade – I, I remember reading on NHL Trade rumors.me uh, that they were talking about that Calgary was interested in Blake Coleman and New Jersey was interested in TJ Brody. Um, are there any other uh, left-handed defensemen that are linked to the Devils? And uh, not to go on the subject of line A, but uh, do you see any other trades that uh, that other teams are interested in trading with New Jersey?
1: Um, you know, the Line A thing is interesting because there's there's so many moving parts with that. You know, there's uh you know, I talked to somebody said, "Oh, there could be an offer sheet uh for Line A, a team could come in. You know, could that be the Devils? Uh could the Devils trade for Line A?" Okay, and what are you getting? Now, what are you going to give up? If you can figure out how to give give them Miles Wood, that's a win for you. Uh what are you sending back? They need defense all right, who are you gonna give up uh, on defense um you know when I first saw the trade that was proposed by NHL trade rumors. me they said boquist uh, um, no there and I said that doesn't make any sense why would they send why do they send boquist there when they have high hopes for the kid um, and then they mentioned uh, a bad contract and Andy Green and and Travis Zajac, I said Zajac's contract isn't bad, and by the way, he has no trade clause. So unless he waves it to be- go, to back, go home. back home to, win it, to Winnipeg, then he's not going to be in it. And I said neither contract is bad. It's just you know at the time they looked bad. Now they look they look okay. They're not they're not as bad as some other teams' contracts are. I mean Zajac has turned into a good third line center. Face facts. For what he was paid, he was supposed to be paid as a top two center. He's not, but that's not his fault of his own. You know, he he got paid for what the market was going to pay him.
0: And it's and it also seems like you know Winnipeg is in a a huge pickle. They've been a very big pickle this off season, going into uh, just like almost less than ten days before puck drop at the Rock. Um, Dawson Bufflin being another conundrum that. Uh, he could be retiring and uh, Winnipeg could be saving 8 million bucks this season, uh, which they would be off the hook for. Uh, Do you think uh, if Bufflin does retire, um, do you see there being any moving uh, assets for Winnipeg wanting to get a defenseman from New Jersey?
1: Um. You know, it all depends on who they want from New Jersey. You know, you look down the roster. I mean, you know, it's tough. You know, you got Carrick, you got Mueller, um, Butcher, Severson. Yeah, Votnin is the only guy that they would that has value uh, that they they would want uh, because they lost the right the right side of Winnipeg has been dismantled. Um, no, uh, you, you know, you lost um, Truba. There over the, in the off season, you know, Morrissey's still there, but Yostruba, Bufflin, um, I'm trying to think of the uh, um, Ben Sherat is gone. So, you know, Winnipeg's defense is dismantled. Uh, However, you know, up front, say Bufflin is retired and we know he's suspended and he'll stay on the suspended list until he makes a decision. But say, for instance, he retires. Well, now they have money to sign Connor and Line A, but both of which are in totally different situations because Connor wants a long-term deal. Line a wants to get paid now, but he wants a shorter-term deal. How do you work them out? Do, is is Line A's days numbered in Winnipeg? You know, it's so much moving information. I think one gets done before the Jets come to the Rock next Friday. Uh, I mean, if any, if it, if I had a guess, it would be Kyle Connor, um, who, who would get traded. No, who would sign before they visit? Um, and then I think Lining would be the one to get traded, but then again, both could get done. I mean, we hear you know the latest on on Rantanin, on Lining and Connor is that Lining and Ranton are they're far apart, and Connor's the closest one to signing. That could change in an instant, as we saw with Braden Point, Mitch Marner, and Matthew Kachuk. You know, Point last week was uh, he ain't going to be ready. He's not going to be at the season. They're so far apart, boom, done. Uh, Kachuk, another one. Seven Uh, million Far apart. Both guys get seven million, uh, you know, and then both guys, Kachuk and Point, get $9 million in their last year of their three-year bridge deals, which is which their qualifying offer would be once they hit the open market. So, you know those would win for the players. So, you don't know with these negotiations how long it's going to take. But if I had to guess, I would think Connor's done before Lining and Ranting.
0: So for so f- I'm going to recorrect myself. Uh, Dustin Buffin is suspended without pay this season. Uh, which gives Winnipeg a projected cap space of twenty-three point uh, fifty thousand eight hundred thirty-six dollars American. So it looks like, you know, Cal Connor's gonna get maybe about $7 million. Um, I don't think Line A is gonna get $10 million because he underperformed last year to his standards. But I do think he can get moved to New Jersey, or I also heard the Islanders or anyone else in that realm. Do you do you think um, the Devils can use this kind of leverage um, to get a player like him uh, while he's on the cheap?
1: Yeah, I mean, they can get a player like that. I mean, look, you signed Nikita Gusev for two years at $4.5 million. Be like, okay, here you go. Go prove it. That you can go play in the National Hockey League because we're not because you know he wanted to get paid. Uh, Line A, you know, he's definitely he's a perennial thirty goal scorer. So on that alone, you know, you got to pay him around the five million dollar range. I know he's looking for you know the big deal with like the Marner money, but you you notice that the it seems like the Leafs have their own accounting style, and then there's everybody else where the bridge deals become a factor, and. You know, if, if I was guessing, because the latest I heard on, on line A was that, you know, the Jets have offered around $6 million over a two-, three-year bridge. And so that would make sense. And that's something the Devils could work with if they were to negotiate a trade to get line A. Uh, and Ratton, right you know, they're far apart as far as – the last I've heard from anybody on that. So, you know, Winnipeg seems to be where everybody's looking at.
0: And do you think, you know, the Devils could trade one of their defensemen and maybe Miles Wood in a package and maybe help Winnipeg out and get, you know, someone like a line A and then maybe still have some cap space left over? I mean, we, when we were talking about that whole marner Hall theoretical trade, that would have been like the Dells would have had about 14 million at the time. Um, do you think something else might happen cap wise uh, before opening night?
1: Well, I mean, like the cap is set at 82 and a half this season um, from reading Elliot Friedman's 31 thoughts. Uh, the league expects it to be at 84 and a half next year. That's without the NHLPA inflation uh, inflator being applied uh, because of the escrow situation, that the players can uh, use. Um, as far as right now, the only thing the Devils could really do, like I said, is with you know, the, if Zach is not ready, they could put him down a conditioning stint, but they still have to put that money on. Um, a guy like you know, you know, you say Bufflin, you know, he's gonna he's suspended, and. You know, if he decides to return, that really puts Winnipeg in a bind. And I think that's why they can't do anything because they're waiting for that decision to come down, which it seems more and more likely that he's going to retire. Um, because I believe Bob McKenzie reported that the papers are done up, but they haven't been officially filed yet for uh, Bufflin. He, they're just mulling, he's mulling it over, but it seems like his mind is not there. And that's an Andrew Luck type situation. <laughs> the Devils could definitely... Yeah, everybody gets that reference. They know what happened. Uh, Luck retired during the preseason. NFL, he just said he couldn't deal with going through the injuries. And there comes a point in time when you don't want to. And the Devils do have defense that they could give up. However... You're in win-now mode, and do you really want to sacrifice a guy like a to get a line A? And where would line A fit in the Devils' you know rotation of forwards? Because it feels like the Devils' top six is set, and a guy like line A, as much as he's great to have, you could have the same problem he could have in Winnipeg where he's not playing – the minutes he expects to play and play with the guys he wants to play with because he's stuck on a third line.
0: And so when we talk about, um, the way the fan experience is going, that fans have this, uh, this vibrancy towards opening night from the moment, uh, the Devils got Jack Hughes, uh, with the logo flip at the draft lottery, um, What is everyone else outside of the the devil's realm uh, saying about what they had seen from uh, the past preseason games and whatnot?
1: Uh, Well, you know, uh, up in – what was it? When the Rangers were in town uh, and uh, and they played – especially they played against Henrik Lundqvist when Jack Hughes had that beauty of a goal, you know, he said, look, this kid's got skill. And a lot of people around the league say, watch out for the Devils. Um, One man in particular uh, who I spoke with when I was in Vermont, uh, PJ Stock, he says, you know, Jersey's one of those sleeper teams this year that you got to watch out for. And, you know, they're not an easy team to play against anymore. There's no easy outs because teams are are improving. And the Rangers saw it. Boston guys I talked with, hey, you know, it's Jack Hughes' kid, special. There's a different feel around the Devils right now that they're not the same they were last year. And the Devils are up in Boston tonight, which can be streamed, believe, on NHL. NJD.tv. Devils.com. Yeah, NJD.tv is going to carry the game uh, for those in the region. Uh, but we do not get Matt Lachlan calling the game. It'll be um, the Nesson feed. The Nesson so, feed. You can put the game Oh god. Yeah, I be get the two feed. Homers. Right. So you can put it on move <laughs> if you want or put put it on low or you can put it on the game on the <laughs> network. Whatever. But uh, there's a lot of buzz around this team. Um you know, people that I've spoken with, you know, just like I said, they just there's just a different feel around it. You could tell, you know, Islanders, you know, Barry Trotz who's like
0: Well, I have nothing against the the, the Bruins guys. It's
1: Anytime I listen to MSG with the uh, the Rangers
0: and they get the control over the Devils Ranger game, uh, I always like to mute the uh, the, the 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 Ranger commentator uh, Sam Rosen. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean it, it's tough to listen to the Homer uh, the broadcasters uh, just because it's it's national guy. There's there's always you know you know and then when the Devils do play the Rangers on the MSG. Uh, they talk about, you know, Ken Danico's always get thrown in there, especially when they're at MSG. Luckily, when they were home, they had the home feed, but then Joe Micheletti's there, for the Rangers, so there's always some consolations uh, when, when it comes to it's, that. It's the
0: one thing when Dano's not on there, and it's like, oh, this is Sam Rosen and Joe Micheletti. Uh, we're going to have Mika jack come on in the uh, first intermission uh, from uh, MSG. And, you know... It's one of those uh, things that I find
1: very eerie. Well, speaking of, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's like, you know, Andy Brickley, Jack Edwards, they have their own feel for Nesson. You know, they, you know, people understand what what Edwards brings because they know he's a homer. Um, You know, speaking of the interaction, you know, you saw, I believe everybody hopefully fans saw out there on Twitter today, the MSG, you know, trying to get whatever brand is – you know, uh, MSG Devils, MSG Rangers, MSG Islanders. First to a thousand, so followers since they just set up new Twitter accounts for each team via the MSG Network. So that'll be cool. More fan interaction for Devils fans out there. Remember, Devils fans, get out there. Yeah, I actually and follow MSG Devils. Too. I
0: actually like the fact that MSG did a Devils version, which.
1: You know, gives us a yeah. a fair a fair shake for once. Exactly. I mean, look, far too long. And you and I have discussed this off, uh, the podcast via Twitter messaging and text that it would be nice if the Devils had their own network. Uh, again, if they had like they were with SMI or they were with instead of MSG, so. You know, just because they just don't get it. Yeah, it just seems
0: like um, if this experiment on the NJD.TV works out very successfully, uh, streaming on YouTube and whatnot, it seems like if they do have a a testing ground for a possible network, it seems like Jake Reynolds and Hugh Weber have a really good idea for a long-term TV contract
1: Yeah, I mean that would be great if they had that.
0: It also seems it's not too far fetched now because I feel more fans like something more, you know, engaging. We talk about the being included in not just the devil side, but also the potential side. Um, when you go to a game, tell everyone how you feel when you go into
1: that atmosphere. All right, so there's two different atmospheres that I've gone into when I go to a game. There's the media aspect of it where, you know, you're up in the press box, you're in nice clothes, can't cheer. You analyze the game, you write your story, get your interviews, and you go home and you have interactions with the people there and the, the players especially. Then there's the fan side to it. And – it's different because it all depends on where you sit in that building because, and then this is just me personally. Other people could have had different experiences, but it's so cookie cutter that the chants aren't really the same. There's too much of an echo. Upstairs seems louder than downstairs. It's just like a little class system and we're not, all not the old building. Now again, that's me <laughs> residing in Bergen County. I, you know, still hold a little grudge. It's in Newark, it's a nice <laughs> building, which it was still in East Rutherford. It would be easier for me to get to my house. Other than that, it's just, you know, it's just a different element there. Um, but, you know, fans are still the same. It's cool. People are cool. Um, there's a little bit more, you know, there's passion there still. Um, but I, when I was speaking with Hugh Weber, uh, I don't know, a year or so ago, ran into him. Down in uh, when I was going in as a as a fan one night, I wanted to watch the game as a fan, and you know, there was some a security guard came up to me and they said I was going to normally where I went for years to go watch warm ups, take my pictures, and and the ladies like goes to me, she's like, oh, you can't go down there. I said, can't go down there. Why? She's like, oh, well, you have to have a ticket there so you can go over there and, and go down. And I said, well, why? I've always done this. So Mr. Weber, I was walking by. And I said, "Hugh," I said, "What's going on? What's the policy here? New new policy with warm ups? Why?" And he's like, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, this this lady here's telling me I can't go <laughs> down over to where I normally do warm ups." And she's like, "Ah." And so I started getting a little tizzy. And I said, "Look, you know, to be honest, we're not the Montreal Canadiens. Okay, we can't end the Toronto. We I'm like even in Toronto." And in other places, I can go down, walk wherever I want, and go watch warm-ups. I said, why are we putting in strict policies? He's like, you know what? Guess you are right. I mean, so I don't know if, you know, he just let me do it and go down. But I still do my thing for warm-ups. Everybody complains. But most of the time, you just go down where they tell you and just walk over because – it's warm-ups I said I said it's come on it's warm-ups I mean, <laughs> no one's good who comes here sitting there sit in and watch warm-ups I mean come on not I will so you go you go ahead right there so to me it's like come on let's let's treat the fans the way they're supposed to be treated like fans and let them interact with players during warm-ups because if you see it on the devil side the whole side's like filled up and then you go to the visitor side and you know we gotta be strict about things, and it's like why we gotta be strict? It's people want to interact with the, the players. It's warm ups. Just let us do our thing. We'll go up to our seats, and it just that feel at the building. Again, it could be me <laughs> and my bias, but there's it's just not friendly enough. The fans are friendly. Fans are great. It's just the staff and certain staff, I guess, just not as friendly because I've gone to a lot of buildings around the NHL, and the the staff is great. I first walk in, hey, how you doing, answer any questions for you, all that kind of stuff. So, again, just different dynamic to us, and I guess guess just because we're New Jersey.
0: Well, I was going to say, like, uh, anytime, you know, someone from the Devils listens into any of the podcasts uh, from any – you know, devil's fan run podcast. Um, they start taking notes because, you know, we not only the fans, but also the writers and whatnot, you know, we want to market the team uh, in the way we want to, to, improve. And with these improvements, it seems like, you know, the way they up the lofts, uh, the, the new area that used to be the goal bar. Um, I actually enjoy that spot, even in intermissions, and I see that they do have a bit of a, it's like a mini suite that they have for people who do have a ticket for those spots. Um, have you experienced the the new stuff before you've gone in, you know, for preseason?
1: Yeah, I actually was up there um, snooping around and checking things out uh, up at the lofts and, and they're really nice. The mini suites up there. Um, and, you know, the gold bar was nice up there though. It was, it was fun. Um, but the suites are nice, uh, those lofts, and, uh, you know, it's it's going to be good for fans who can who can uh, get a ticket in there and uh, enjoy the viewing from there because it's a good spot. It really is. It's a it's a good spot to watch a hockey game. You're going to see a lot there. Um, it's just nicely done up, and uh, they did a really good job with it.
0: And another thing I would have to touch on from 2017 to the present day is that the Devils have done such a great job in – uh, preserving uh, the New Jersey products and services. Like, for instance, uh, you and I know about the craft beer uh, companies in New Jersey, like Cane and AP Brewing and Carton Boat. All those are now sold at the Prudential Center. They actually have designated spots. Have you noticed that lately?
1: Yeah, I did, actually. You know, just they're spread out along the concourse. But it's it's really good to have, you know, New Jersey-based, um, businesses in uh, Prudential Center. It really helps out, um, you know, just keeping everything Jersey because as as they're one of their oldest oldest mottos I can remember is Jersey team. I think that's going back to like 2010. That's how long I've had that window sticker on my car. <laughs> um, I really like it, Jersey's team. Well, it really makes sense. Yeah, it's
0: uh, well as much as we can also call it, you know, Jersey's team. We also have fans who are expats and we have fans that live abroad who, you know, tune into the games and other podcasts as well. And it seems, you know, that this brand is growing and it's starting to thrive, not just in, you know, one state or couple states.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I've met when I was in Toronto last year during the Hockey Hall of Fame uh, weekend for Marty Bordeaux. You know, I met Devils fans from everywhere. I mean, not just from New Jersey. I mean, a lot of people from New Jersey made the trip up. I mean, during the Q&A, all I heard was this guy from New Jersey, that guy from New Jersey, this person from New Jersey, when they're asking questions to Marty. But I met fans from, you know, there were people from Canada who love the Devils, people from Europe that love the Devils. Uh, There was somebody I met from Australia who liked the Devils. I said, oh, you got hockey down there. He's like, yeah, and the Devil logo is really cool. I said, oh, okay, that's cool. So, you know, it's, you know, Hockey is worldwide, and, you know, when the Devils are successful, it's good, and fans flock to a winning team. And let's say people are bandwagon jumpers because they're not, but you have your diehard Devils fans, and then you have those that, you know, okay, Devils are good this year. Okay, another team, another team. But the real fans out there that have those old jerseys on, they know. You know who they are.
0: And another thing is, um, when I was listening to the uh, Ray Shiro, uh, Joshua Harris uh, presser, um, Josh Harris made it public that the Devils sometime this season are supposed to play a game in China. Um, do you remember when I contributed that article about um, the Devils being, having games marketed in China?
1: I did. I remember we discussed that uh, about – about a couple minute discussion we had on the show, actually. And you mentioned that would be great for the Devils to have a, uh, you know, be exposed in the Chinese market because, you know, that's one place that hockey wants to be and to be one of the first there and have your market and have your name and your brand there helps you back home because it gives you a fan, fan base abroad.
0: Imagine just getting one percent of, let's say, one point six billion people in that population. That is, that would be a tremendous grab for this growing brand internationally. And you know, day in day out, if we can successfully be a, a successful franchise, and maybe we have more people learning both English and listening to new podcasts
1: based on the devils themselves. Well, yeah, and that would be great to have, you know, maybe our podcast once they're there, or maybe even before that, where we could promote, hey, the Devils are playing a game there, could be translated into Chinese because I know you talked to me about having it translated into other languages because that would be great to help not only our brand but get the Devil brand out there as well. You know, marketing yourself is key. Having a winning product helps, and if the Devils can keep Taylor Hall before they go play that game in China just gives them another face you, to market over there It
0: it's it, it certainly like I, I believe if Taylor Hall listened in to what Josh Harris said about you know playing a game in China you know especially with the Olympics coming up and I believe you want to have some of these players play uh, internationally in China to market your some of your best players and just think about it you have you know, Hall for Canada, you have Jack Hughes for USA and you have possibly John Hines coaching, you know, or maybe someone else doing that job. You, you have this brand, this uh, idea being put to work and it could pay near and long-term investments.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, to have a guy like Hall on there to have, you know, you have shoes there. Uh, you have a Heath here, you have a Brat, a Boquist, uh, you have an Andy Green, you know, you have a PK Subban, they go play Subban, you know, forgot to mention him, the way he markets himself, and to be attached to Red Bull and to be attached to, Lin- to Lindsey Vaughn, you know, that's really, that's good for him and his image. And, um, you know, the players definitely want to go play in the Olympics. When it's in China. The the league is marketing themselves. To go to China. And to be there for that Olympics. The players want that in the next CBA. That's a. That's a, a point of interest for them. And
0: another thing is like. We see uh, a lot of Chinese. Uh, advertisers. Uh, sponsors for the NHL. And the NWHL. Which have proven to be very vital. In the growth of the sport. And do you know anyone from those companies that might be interested in investing more in not just the devils, but everything, you know, in North America.
1: Well, I know for a fact that the Chinese would like to get, um, you know, over here, uh, not over here, but market themselves in the way that they were able to market themselves in the NBA. Um, I personally don't know anybody in them companies that do that. But from reading the tea leaves, uh, and by the way, I do drink that yes. tea. It's really, really good for you. It wow. is really good. Um, but they do want to get into the National Hockey League. You know, look at what the NBA has done for them. You know, they're over there playing games in China. Yeah, NHL's, you know, spattered a little bit in there. Just a couple games, preseason. The KHL, too. You know, KHL there. Uh, now we have, what was it? Uh, I just read. Who was it? I forgot what team. It, it literally popped on my news feed the other day. The, the The captain for Team China is playing in the NWHL this season. I just forget what team it's for. Captain
0: of NWHL, China. Yeah, I'm just Google searching that right now. I'll,
1: I know. I just saw it the other day.
0: I do know that they want to expand the, you know, the league, and also and on another segment, I do want to. Oh, it, it's it's a you by captain of China's national team joins.
1: It's why Look you at that that's a step in the door. Yeah. So, I mean, look, right there, you see you have the team, the national team captain of China is coming over to the United States to play in in the NWHL. I mean, that's a great foot in the door right there. She has
0: joined the defending Isabel Cup champion Minnesota Whitecaps of the National Women's Hockey League. She is 31 and is the highest scoring defender in the history of Chinese national
1: team. So, I mean, look at that.
0: And it says here she competed in the 2010 Olympics in Vancouver and was one of just three defenders on China to earn a point in that tournament.
1: That's saying something because that was a loaded tournament that year.
0: And there's a quote from Minnesota's co-head coach, uh, Rhonda Englehart. Um, you is a hardworking, tenacious defender who loves to compete. Uh, she is eager to continue to improve in the NWHL, and we know she will come to each Whitecaps practice and game ready to go.
1: So, I mean, like the Chinese, you know, are working. I mean, we know this. That's a great mindset to have when you're going to hockey because you need to work hard to get results on the ice. And, you know, NWHL continues to break – so many barriers and bringing so many different um, players and it's good to see the league is still around. You know, big proponent of women's hockey. I've, I've always supported the game. Doesn't matter. Men's, women's, kids. Doesn't matter. is just fun. You need growth everybody. all around. Exactly. Exactly. And to, to
0: add more context to this, uh, it says you played in the CWHL uh, the last two seasons with the Kunlun Red Star and the Shenzhen KRS Vanke Rays uh, in two thousand eighteen. Kunlun Red Star advanced to the two thousand eighteen Clarkson Cup final. Uh, she scored a goal in both of her CWHL seasons, finishing her career with seven points in fifty six games.
1: I mean, you know, I, you know, in the CWHL great another great league. It's unfortunate that it folded and they couldn't sustain. Uh, but you know you play in a league like that. I mean, a lot of top players are playing up there. Uh, you know, Hillary Knight being one of them. the Spooner, uh, Marie Philippe Poulin. Um, you know, it was a great, that was a fun league to to watch. I may be a little you know, biased because, because I'm WHL
0: because I'm close to the Riveters on this one because of the uh, the the sisters that helped Team USA, uh, the Lamarud girls that helped Team USA win gold against Canada. Sorry about that,
1: Canada, but that was a good game. That was a great game. I mean, I I know I was talking to people uh, that weren't even hockey fans telling me, you know, did you see the women's game when they beat, uh, you know, Canada in the gold medal? I said, did I ever see that game? I said, that was one of the best hockey games I've ever seen in my life. I mean, that was a great game. Some of the women's games are better than the men's games sometimes. Um, So, like you said, you know, you know, Riveter's, you know, hometown – Team over here uh, for the NWHL, um, so you know there it's great hockey. If you have a chance to go out there and see the the fine female hockey players play, go do it. Uh, it's definitely worth the time and your investment. Um, and most of the time, was it Sunday games? Sometimes they have the games where they uh, team up with the Devils. Mm-hmm. They have well, they I, it won't be as easy now because they don't play out of the hockey house. But sometimes I would be able. To go to a devil game and then sneak over. And then they have the game. the, uh, the games on Twitch now, that they're going to do live. Yeah, so that's good for them. They have a three year, uh, think they have a three year deal with Twitch to broadcast games, and each team has their own broadcast team for Twitch. So you can listen to, you want the Rivers are playing Boston. You can listen to Rivers, uh. uh broadcast team or you can listen to the boston team
0: and and either way i mean you know you're the the devil's uh owner started you know doing this partnership with the riveters and being their first you know ownership group and they and these guys believe in you know growing these uh brands from other you know professional leagues like the NWHL and getting youth on both sides of, you know, boys and girls, et
1: cetera. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, you know, it's a shame that, you know, the, you know, the Devils had to end their partnership with the, them, with them, with the Riveters, but you know, it's, but the former, uh, former New Jersey Devil is now head coach of the Riveters and Randy Valachek. So, you know, They've got a place to play now, Um, and he's a great coach and a great player. And, you know, so – but these women, you know, they deserve your support out there, and you got to go see them. So, you know, it's just fun hockey to watch. And, you know, just the the fact that the Devils made time to partner with them, you know, is a step in the right direction. Again, unfortunately, things didn't end great. But, hey, you saw an Isabel Cup champion play. At the Barnabas Ho- Hockey House, and, and
0: it's and it's great to see you know a a team that was based in New Jersey win in New Jersey, uh, and for and for me that was I I got to see the replay of that game and one nothing that is a nail biter. We talked about uh, nail biters earlier in the the program about the Devils having to hold leads to hold a lead and win a championship is another story.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a great game to watch. I had to watch it uh, online. I couldn't get down there for that game, but I watched it online, and it was a great game to watch. And, you know, it was good to see uh, those ladies win. I, I knew a couple of the players that year on the team, and it was just, you know, it was it was good for, for the sport to have the Riveters win. Um, you know, Buffalo, again, another word, the opponent. That year.
0: And so, one of the things that I'm thinking about going forward with uh, the double season is that um, before every game uh, or whatever, we, we can touch on before those games take place. with uh, We get some ideas of uh, the roster and all that. And of course, our fans can also send in questions. And anyone who wants to sponsor the show, uh, you can sponsor us uh, on Patreon or even better, through Big Heads Media. Um, and tell them that you want to sponsor the Jersey Joe corner on there. Uh, Do it through Twitter. Um, Anyone that wants to do it. um, We're we're proud to accept that. Um, It's also great to have our fans uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at the Jersey Joe corner. Uh, Also send us your questions for upcoming podcast episodes. And if you have any other ideas you want to send our way, Um, either Jim and I will answer them right away
1: yes we will we will definitely answer them Uh, the last time we did that we had great Um, interaction to your questions I got to them a couple of my friends questions tonight uh, as well Uh, they were from last time because there were so many great questions that were sent my way in regards to, um, you know, the Devils and outside um, New Jersey as well around the league. I'm sure Joe got plenty of questions on his end as well. But we want to have a lot of interaction on the show. We want to make the show fun for you. You know, we're bringing you Devils hockey, you know, before, after, um, maybe even live sometimes, who knows. I mean, we will be seeing each other at games. So we may have a quick interaction be like, hey, all right, that's a good idea for a show. Or we want to talk about this guy. You know, what did you see from this game? Maybe you saw something that I didn't see. You know, bring it out there. We like to bring the analytics in as well. You know, your analysis is really, really appreciated. You also, know, bring it. Questions, comments, concerns. Also, Doesn't one matter. of the
0: things I would like to touch on: if someone like a Tyler Dello wants to talk about uh, analytics uh, and uh, entertain our uh, fellow viewers and whatnot, uh, because I am a fan of Moneyball. And I believe in the money puck era and it's a great thing to have. And also um, if anyone from the devils wants to come on the show, um, you're more than welcome to, whether it's me on here one day or it's Jim on here doing the interview. Hey, uh, it's all, it's all for the, the love of the podcast and the love of the fan base and uh, growing the brand.
1: Absolutely. You know, we're going to reach out to some people. We're going to have some great guests lined up for you. Maybe, you know, another bring, we'll bring in the fantasy aspect of, uh, for you fans out there. I know a lot of you Devils fans and hockey fans like to play fantasy sports, fantasy hockey. You know, that's a big thing these days. Maybe some daily fantasy if you're into that too. So we're going to bring you a lot of good things this, um, this season here in the Jersey Joe podcast. You know, it's just, you know, we're going to bring the interviews, you know, whoever wants to join us, please come on. You know we don't bite, so we're gonna bring some hard-hitting questions. But you know it's all on fun. We want to hear your thoughts. You know, we're looking to break down this team. You know, maybe you know everybody's part of the community. You know, they got different Devils podcasts out there, hockey podcasts, and we just want to bring you know something different. And you know, like
0: like for instance, uh, some some other podcasters for a Devils fan-run podcast might be just uh, just broadcasters, some other guys. Just might be, you know, just a few guys that just hang out and whatnot. But we're the guys that, you know, are a mixture of fans, contributors, and guys that go to games as, as people that also write about them. So it's important that, you know, our listeners and consumers uh, give give in to something that they really want more out of. And we also want to eventually build a website. Um, depending on what happens with Big Has Media, because uh, I spoke with them earlier today to see if we can uh, do our own website or they can do a website for us, depending on uh, what they say within
1: the month. So that's good. I mean, look, like I said, big things are coming. We'll be happy to help you. You know, just come along with us on the ride. It's going to be a fun ride. Devils are starting up nine days, opening nights nice next week. Joe and I are definitely pumped up for it. If you haven't heard it in our voice already. <laughs> we, we we we're ready to go. I mean, the seasons here, I mean preseason, it's preseason, like I said, but you know, regular season starts next week, puck drops. That's when games matter, that's when points matter, and that's when we break it down even more. There's still still one more round of cuts. For New Jersey Devils, so keep your eyes posted and your ears tuned to the Jersey Joe no, podcast. Well, we're also,
0: um, hashtag we are the Jays. Uh, not, not J-A-Y-S, but just J, like J-J.
1: Just the letter J. We are the J's. Because
0: it's Joe and Jim, who are your fellow hosts on the show. And we just want everyone to be included and we want you to feel like this is your second home away from the Prudential Center. And, you know, if, if someone wants to leave us an email or something like that, digital message us, it'd be great that way because, you know, either Jim and I will be very happy uh, to touch on if it's,
1: uh,
0: if it's something that would be looking into.
1: No, absolutely. You know, and I'll, uh, you know, I'll read those. Joe will read those. We'll go on. Maybe we'll have some Twitter interaction, Facebook interaction, and, you know, we'll take your questions. Um, you know, we're ready to just bring you the best Devil's coverage all season. And if long. someone
0: uh, has someone who translates for them in English or they're writing to us in another language, I'll be happy
1: to use Google Translate. Oh, that'd be great. And, uh, you know, those who, you know, those who have issues with the Google Translate, sometimes it doesn't come out great. You know, you want to have a friend who knows English give us a call. If you want to bring a translator on—that's fine too. You know, we're here to have great content for you. And season is just right around the corner. I know Joe's looking forward to it. I know I'm looking forward to it. And you know, we might. There's probably gonna be one more episode before we get into the start of the season because we got those roster cuts and coming then up after the next two preseasons and then games. we have to get
0: our uh, our party mode out of us because once we get to our press box there's no there's no cheering for us. Sure we may do a little fist pump action, but I don't think we can get anything above that.
1: No, yeah. I usually what I write down when I see a goal is yes on my notebook and or I'll make a little tick mark. And my pad to be like, all right, that was scored. And then after when I get home, you, you you talk with your friends and you're like, oh, yeah, we won tonight and all that stuff. When you got the eyes on you, you got to be professional. Yeah,
0: it's, it's how we do it, but we also – we're going to be networking. Um, don't be surprised to find us on LinkedIn because, you know, we are part of uh, Big Heads Media. We also have our own podcast through them, you know, so if anyone wants to reach out and be sponsors and whatnot, patrons on Patreon, hey,
1: you can start as low as a dollar. Yeah, every every penny counts. Literally, every penny counts.
0: And and any and if if you think about it, to our fellow fans, we're trying to build as much content uh, to build and give you the best content back, and we want to reach out to other people like. You know, like a Matt Laughlin or maybe a Julie Robenheimer, you know, something that might be a little bit uh, more interesting for our fellow fans.
1: Definitely. I mean, you know, Matt has done a great job. Uh, You know, when you see him in the hallway talking hockey, he loves to talk hockey with the fans. He loves to talk hockey with pretty much anybody. Um, He's a great guy. He's a nice guy. Julie, I've gotten to know. uh, She's great at what she does. Uh, one of the best in the business. She brings a uh, different perspective. She looks a lot of the prospects. And so, you know, when Devils make their cuts, she can help us with prospects because she loves to travel all over the United States and the world to follow these prospects. She, she's everywhere, and uh, she's really good. Um, you know, maybe we get like – I guess maybe we get somebody on there to talk some fantasy hockey for us as well. I might know just the guy being Chris Wassel. Oh, Chris Wassel is great. He's a good, he's a good guy. Um, he brings. He, he has a lot of great fantasy tips for for those of you out there to follow him on Twitter. It's his
0: last name is spelled W A S S E L, and his first name is C H R I S. You can find him on Twitter. He's very easy to understand and uh, also. Uh, There are other people out there that follow the podcast that might be uh, higher rankings than us. So if you see some of our followers, you know, they might be average Joes or they might be the big guys. So um, anyone who wants to do more uh, and looking in for, you know, questions and whatnot, um, we'll be supporting this thing going through the whole season and try and do something in the off season as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um my goal, you know, off season right now, you know, I mean it's far ahead, but um my goal is to be in Montreal for the twenty twenty NHL draft. Um it's you know, be perfect it's a perfect spot uh with the prospects, especially that time of year. Uh so that's that's where I wanna be. Maybe hopefully maybe we get a live show from there. I would like I would uh, like to
0: get up to Montreal, especially uh, with the draft. Um, I do know the fact that it's supposed to be the Lexi Lafreniere draft and it is, and he's of course the Rimouski kid and who else came out Ramouski as a, as a as a, Q- as a QMJHL boy was Sidney Crosby or some people call him the so, the crybaby.
1: Right. Sid, the kid, even though he's not a kid anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, I might. Uh, another goal of mine is to be over at the World Championships this year. So check out, check out that. A um, lot, lot, lot of good things coming. Keep your eyes posted uh, on Joe's articles as well as my articles. Lots of good stuff. Um, every every uh, week, once the season starts, I do a analysis of the Central and Metro divisions in my NHL notebooks quick blurbs of what I feel each team has done during a week and where they can improve, how they can improve, and what you can expect going forward. And
0: it's going to be a fun season. Uh, last year, I, I was asked by my brother-in-law how I felt about the team. I was pretty optimistic, but I wasn't as positive as I was uh, last year. This year, he asked me the same question. I said, there's a lot of really good things going around, and uh, I just I just feel with the way that kids like Hughes and Heesher, I didn't mention all the names, but I just said you know there's a lot of good there's a lot of great things going around the team and the organization that I feel it'll feel like a Mardi Gras year, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, somebody asked me the question, you know, where do you think you see this team? And I said, well, you know, to be honest, um, I see them, you know, contending for a playoff spot. And I'm always optimistic with the Devils. Some years are, are hard to, you know, hard to judge. Um, but, you know, there's a different feeling around this team this year that they want to go out there to prove that they are a team that can compete, they can fight for a playoff spot, and they're going to do just that. So, yeah, any anyone who is uh, one
0: 2020 draft prospects, Um, We're going to do our fair share of uh, notes and I already have two of the 31 uh, possible players uh, in my notebook already. And if you have any more questions about those things, I'll be happy to investigate and Jim and Jim will compare notes with me on the podcast in another segment. So uh, we'll do that uh, later on. And uh, before we hang up, we got to, Say this is Jim's first time as a uh, co-host if you just tuned in late. And uh, this is going to be a really good season.
1: Yeah, it is. It's going to be fun. I mean, I got, I've got i been on here as, as a guest um, talking about the Devils. Now I'm a co-host. It felt good. It's a good first show. We had no technical difficulties there, there, Jimmy? last time, which was good. That was a good start. Jimmy, there. So, I am here. And uh, on that note, you know, when I say no technical difficulties, there goes the mic. But on last show, this is this was a great start. This was fun, and uh, I can't wait to. do Yeah, again. I can't
0: wait to do this again. And uh, just to let you know, uh, fans, you can just tune in later uh, through YouTube. Um, I don't know about SoundCloud just yet, but a lot of other podcasters out there um anchor.fm for sure um youtube is very easy if you're on the if you're on the train or whatever um they have it on uh captions in english for the time being and uh if you have any other requests uh we we will make it in to big heads media
1: yes we will and don't forget um you know the podcast can be found on anchor.fm it can be on on spotify is Is that right joe so Spotify, Anchor.fm, uh, Bre- breaker. I'll be, posting, I'll, be breaker. I'll be posting the links on Twitter at Jim Berenger on my Facebook, on my LinkedIn. Uh, so you want to hear the show again, it'll be there. I'll be writing a little synopsis tonight on Last Word on Hockey to link the podcast as well to discuss, you know, just to give you a few breakdowns on what we discussed today. And then you can listen uh, to that for the rest of yourself. And so it's going to be good. And like you said, just keep bringing the questions, keep bringing the discussion, and we'll be ready to go. And all
0: right, fans, uh, we are going to wind this down. And uh, thank you for for tuning in. Have a great evening. Let's go, Devils. And, Jim, you say? Woo! woo! Let's go, Devils. Let's go, Devils. All right, peace out. Peace.